All right, Robert, you pass these out? All right, well, we're going to go ahead and get started this morning, and if you guys want to grab one of those, and we've got some folks that are out of town, and uh, so um, Joe and, I don't know if Joe and Melissa are back. Melissa's father passed away um, this past week, Melissa and Joe, and so if you would pray for them, and uh, yes, well, her dad's not been in good health, and um, so he, uh, it was unexpected, but he's been having um, a lot of, lot of problems, so um, in Kansas, they, they're in, they went to Kansas, so I, I haven't heard if they're back yet or not, but uh, if you would just remember, pray for her. Anybody else have a prayer request? Uh, hey, Janeth, come on in. So had a, had a good day out yesterday. I, I, I didn't get the total from Kenny, but uh, I think, hey, Greg, I think we had um, probably about 1,500 or more, maybe maybe 1,800 invitations given out for um, for next Sunday. And so hopefully you are inviting people. Looking forward to a uh, great community Sunday. I think it's going to be awesome. And so uh, today we're going to get started. And uh, let's begin with a word of prayer and ask God to bless our time together this morning. Lord, thank you so much for this day. I pray that you'd bless our time. Thank you for all in our class. I pray that you'd be with each and every need. And we'll thank you again for what you're about to do in Christ's name. Amen. All right. If you, anybody didn't get something, Greg or anybody, help yourself. There's plenty of goodies over there. But uh, yes, ma'am. Melissa Weeks, oh. Joe and Melissa, her, her father passed away. Oh, I see. Yeah, yeah, her father passed. So, um, yeah. So today, uh, I want to talk to you as we get started this morning on uh, a lesson that I think is great for us as couples, and that is this matter of dependency. Now, you know, dependency, as I think about it, you know, so many people today, they want to be independent. And I know that people say, well, aren't, aren't we independent Baptists? Well, that's true. But remember, and we'll talk about this today, that even as independent Baptists, Christ is the head of the church. So we still depend on the Lord. And I know this, that I wouldn't be where I am today if it wasn't for others. I definitely wouldn't be where I am today if it wasn't for my wife, because my wife's the one that witnessed to me and shared the Lord Jesus Christ with me. So you know, this matter of dependency is something that I think all of us need to understand. And, and, and you know, so many people, they, they, here's what they do, is they view being dependent as a weakness. They think if I'm dependent on somebody else, that's a sign of weakness. I, I know my dad from the generation that he lived in, my dad never wanted to ask anybody else for help. You know, part of that was pride but, but the thing is, is God's created us to be dependent. And we've got to understand this. Uh, he, he created us as dependent beings. And, and we're going to be, we'll look at it today. We're dependent on him and we're dependent on each other. And this is what we've got to understand. Now, look, one of the greatest passages Jesus ever taught was in John chapter 15. Remember the passage about the vine and the branches? Okay. And, and I want you to look there in John 15, 5 in your notes. Look at this verse. He says, I am the vine. Now, you have to understand, if you, if you look at a tree, what we would call the tree trunk or the main part of the tree, that's the vine, okay? And, and you think about this, that, that the branches are connected 
to the vine. They come off of the, the main part of the tree. And he, Jesus says, I'm the vine, you're the branches. He that abideth in me and I in him, the same bringeth forth fruit, much fruit. For without me, ye can do nothing. So, so think about this. Can, a, it, can, a, can an apple tree have apples if it's not connected to the main trunk of the tree? No way. You know, what would happen is that branch is going to wither and die. Um, the branches actually get their nourishment, their supplements from the main part of the tree. And what I, what I found was really neat was, um, how many of you like syrup on your pancakes? Okay. Um, we went, it was the coolest thing. We went to uh, Michigan and Ohio one year while I was traveling. And uh, we went to this church and the pastor said, hey, this afternoon we're gonna go, we're gonna go uh, mapling. And I'm like, mapling? That was a term I wasn't familiar with. Now I, I know what maple is. And, and so, so, so I, th I thought to myself, this ought to be interesting. He goes, now, he goes, you don't have to go, but if you wanna come, you're welcome to come. And I said, okay. So we went and what it was, was it was a family that had all these maple trees. And um, they, they, they took us through this whole process where maple trees, what happens is, is it starts in the roots in the ground and it comes up and goes up in the tree and there are actually channels are like tubes inside of these, these trees, it's the way God made them. And the, the syrup, the, the liquid would run up and it would go all the way to the top of the tree and then it would come back down and it would go into all the branches and then it would flow back down. And what these people would do is they would, they would take a, a very primitive thing called a, a tap and they would, they would pound it into the, the tree about this far from the ground and it had a valve on it and it, they would open it up and they would put, hang a bucket on it and it looked like water. It was clear liquid that would come out. And so they would, they would leave that there for hours and then they would come back and they would get the bucket and they would dump it into another bucket and then put the bucket back. Then they would take that liquid and they would put it in these huge cauldrons and they would put heat under it and they would bring it to a boil and it actually would turn into maple syrup. And if you let it harden, it actually became maple sugar. And, and I'm talking the real stuff. And, and I, I learned some things there that those branches, you, you think about it, now we live in a place where it's not, anybody ever live somewhere where the trees in the fall turn, the leaves turn orange and red and yellow? Yeah, my wife and I, we miss that. And then what happens after the leaves turn that color? They turn brown, they die and they fall off the tree, right? So there's, there's nothing flowing. And Jesus said, without me, without that nourishment, remember what he told the woman at the well? He says, I have water that if you drink of this water, you'll never thirst again. In other words, Jesus was saying, I have what you need. You need me. Isn't that true? We need the Lord, don't we? I mean, we, we certainly need the Lord. So when I, when I think about this, notice here, number one this morning, who are we dependent on? Number one, we're dependent upon God. This is what we've been talking about, is throughout the Bible, you know, God could have picked just about any animal. But what animal are we as human beings likened to in the Bible? What animal 
in the Bible. Are we like sheep? We're like sheep. Now think about this. What is a sheep without a shepherd? What happens to a sheep? They get lost, go astray, fall off a cliff. I mean, they are totally dependent on their shepherd, right? You know, and, and the same is true for us, is when we don't have the Lord in our life or when we get away from God, our life turns upside down. I mean, I'm looking at you guys and I'm, I'm rejoicing in how God, bringing God into your life, making God first has enhanced your life. It's blessed you. It's made you a better family. Yeah, no time for God. Well, you think about this. Another thing that a shepherd does for the sheep is he provides protection. So when sheep don't have a shepherd, they're vulnerable. They can be attacked, and they have sheep don't have any defenses. I mean, to bite something, that's about all they can do. They can't run fast, you know, so they have no defense mechanism at all. So the reality is, is God, God paints the picture here that we need to be led in our lives. Now, doesn't that go against human nature? Is I want to do it my way. Listen, I have to guard as a pastor. You know, I want the service this way. I want to preach on this. You know, I want to handle it this way. And God constantly reminds me, no, no, no. You need to do it my way. Look, look at the verse there in Isaiah. Somebody read Isaiah 40, 11. Yeah, so, you know, the picture here is without God, we're weak. We need God in our lives. We can't live successful lives. Why? Because on our own, we are vulnerable. But see, with God, notice here that there is a dependency. I love Psalm 23. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. See, when you have God, didn't he say that he promises that he would meet our needs according to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus? So, so understand that, you know, the Lord is our shepherd. And, and the thing is, watch this. It's one thing to say he's your shepherd, but it's another to actually let him lead in your life. Um, Isaiah 53, 6. Greg, you have that? Read that verse. <coughs> Yeah. So d doesn't that Roman doesn't that verse say what you were saying that we've all gone astray, we've gone our own way, we're doing our own thing, you know. So I mean, when you look at that, I mean, we need the Lord in our lives every day, and you know, 
I don't know, how many of you would say you're morning people? Morning people. Okay, about half of you, half of, maybe half of you. Here's the thing, here's the thing is, doesn't your day go better when you start the day with the Lord? When you don't start your day with the Lord, it seems like it just sets the tone for the whole day. It seems like things just do not go right. And so we are totally dependent on God. But notice also, secondly, that not only are we dependent on God, but we are dependent on the opposite sex. This is the way God has made us. When, when you look at the Bible, look, I don't care, I don't care what this world, how, how they want to label things, how, what they want to call things. When you look at the anatomy of, a, of what God has created, it takes a man and it takes a woman, a male and a female, to propagate life. And, and when you look at the Word of God, that's God's designed order. Now, mankind is trying to change it, rewrite it, you know. But it's never, they're never going to be successful not doing things God's way, doing things the way God has designed. And so in a marriage, okay, watch this. A man and a woman, notice that those two are totally dependent on each other. Now, I, I know a lot of times, especially us as guys, we think, you know, hey, look, I got it. I can handle it. This, you know, I'm the head of the home. I can handle this. And so, so clearly, I have found in my life, and maybe you have too, most of us have been married a while. <clears throat> Would you say this is true, that God gives special gifts, special abilities to men, and he gives special gifts and special abilities to women? Would you say that's true? Yes. In other words, we're different. Okay, we're not the same. We're wired differently. A lot of times men make fun of women because of various things. But think about this. That's the way God created them. So when, you, when, we, when we say things like that, you know, I've never said anything negative about my mother-in-law. Because I'm telling you, she was a special lady. You know, I've never said anything negative about my mother. I've never said anything negative about my wife. Because I understand that just as I am different, they are different. I'm glad my wife isn't like me. <laughs> because we would be doing this all the time, you know. And, and so God has made us differently. Men and women think differently. But here's the thing is, is with our differences, that can actually be a strength. Because you think about it, how God made man. He made Adam, right? And he says, it's not good, what? that man would be alone, right? So what did God do? He took a rib, and from that, he created the woman, and he brought the woman unto the man. So watch this. Here's, here's my view of my wife is, according to God, is she completes me. The areas in my life that I'm deficient in, she is strong in. And the areas in her life that she's deficient in, God has made me strong. So we depend on each other. If, 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 if she wasn't in my life, I wouldn't be the man I am today. Are you with me? See, this is God's order. We have to understand this. And it's, it's just like last week on, on Sunday night, I was talking about the, the, the body of Christ. And remember, the Bible says that God is the one that tempers or puts the body together. And remember I made the comment, I said, it's ridiculous for us to say, well, I don't like that person. I wish that person wasn't here. No, you didn't bring them here. You didn't put them here in the church. God did. 
And as a body, we are many members, but we're one body. And remember what the Bible says about a husband and wife. It says what God hath joined together, that the two shall be as one. Remember that? Yeah. And, and that's why the Bible said, look, what God hath joined together, let not man put asunder. The word asunder means to divide, to separate. See, that's what the world, the devil, is working overtime to separate you from your spouse. But see, the thing is, is God's way of having a successful marriage is for you to be joined together. And what we do is we allow things to come into our marriages and, and pride and whatever, and we try to handle things our way. You know, listen, I'm going to tell you something. Every major decision for many, many years that I've made, I've made with that lady right there. I don't just make a decision, you know. I mean, you know, when, when God started moving on my heart about coming here, God was dealing with me. And I remember thinking, this is going to be hard on all of us, our whole family. But if it's God's will, then it's meant to be. And so I just started to pray. Well, first time I said to my wife, God's dealing with me about, about going somewhere and doing something else. And my wife said to me, she goes, no, I don't want to go. <laughs> and my wife, you know, because in her, in her childhood, her dad was military, they moved around. She, she's never really changed. It's something that she struggles with. Not, she has faith. But here's the thing is, it was a process. Well, look, I could have just said, this is what we're going to do. I'm the head of the home, and we're going to do it. No, it was important to me that she was on board, that we were together. Every major decision you make, and listen, even the little things, you should do it together. Because God has designed us to be dependent upon each other. And look at the Bible says here in 1 Corinthians 11, 9. Joy, read that verse. So notice here, there was a purpose. Neither was the man created for the woman, but for the woman for the man. He says, in other words, there's a natural dependency. God's created us for one another. And look at this verse here, Ephesians 5.21, submitting yourselves, look at this, one to another in the fear of God. Now, now here, here's the thing is, a lot of times we, we want to say as, as the husband, God put me in charge of this home, and woman, you're supposed to submit. And guys think a lot of times, hey, that means you need to kiss my big toe, and you need to clean and wait on me hand and foot. But doesn't that say submit yourselves to one another? That means that I'm supposed to submit myself to my wife and my wife, for my wife's supposed to submit herself to me. See, we're dependent on each other is what the Word of God teaches here. So, you know, when I look at this, there's, it's talking about the functions between a husband and wife. You know, my wife and I, we work well together. Um, we, were, we were watching this. <laughs> my wife had this show on last night, the, the show where the, the, the real obnoxious guy comes in and the restaurant's doing poorly and he comes in and basically tears the whole restaurant apart and then he makes everybody feel bad and at the end they put it all back together and and they they start making money you know the show what's it called I don't even yeah so anyway here's the thing is 
he had a he, this 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 was a uh, a husband and wife, and 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 what what chef something yeah. So that he, so so what he did was he had a he had a board and he had his name written up here, and her name written up here, and then he had all these I think there was like probably like ten or fifteen uh, of responsibilities accounting cooking, all the things that you would do if you owned a restaurant, all the various things you would do. And so he had pieces of tape and he says, now when I call one of these off, he goes, I want you to take it. And if it's what you do, I want you to put it under your name. So what he did was he took these pieces of paper as he called them, the wife would walk over and she'd say, I, I do that accounts payable. And she'd stick that underneath of her name. And then there was something the guy would do. And so he'd take it, cook, you know, and he would put it underneath. So when, when he got done with this little exercise and he looked at the board, the woman had like 10 things on her side and the guy had like four or five on his side. And he looked at the man and he says, can, can you now see that she's doing twice as much as what you're doing? And the guy never really had ever thought about it or saw it in that way. And he was like, wow. He's like, I, I, I guess I never understood how much she does. Look, I'm going to tell you something. I'm glad God made me a man because I'm going to tell you something. I, I know this. There's no way I could give birth to children. There's no way that I could keep a home. And I'm going to tell you something. That's the way God has made women. I know this. I come home to a clean house every day, and I'm thankful for a wife that keeps the house clean. I'm thankful for all the things my wife does, and I think it's, I'm not talking out of turn, she's thankful for the things that I do. You know, I, something simple, I keep gas in her car, except for last week I forgot and she almost ran out of gas. But other than that, you know, but here's the thing is, we are, we are totally dependent and it, we're not gonna have a great marriage if our attitude is, well, I don't need my spouse. I can do it on my own. You know, by the way, that's not a marriage. When, when we're just doing what we want and we're not including our spouse. We need each other and, and we can accomplish so much more together as a team. You know, and that's, I love that, having a team. Now notice number three, we've talked about how we are dependent on God. We're dependent on each other. But look at this third part and we'll probably go through this a little bit quicker. But notice here, we're dependent upon the body of Christ. And I mentioned this earlier, how God has put the members in the body and the Lord adds to the church. Now think about this. Why does God, you, you tell me, why does God add to the church? Why would God bring, God brought Greg and Janeth here. Why do, why do you think God brought Greg and Janeth here? So that they could just sit like they are, do nothing? Brought them here to serve, right? Yeah, to fulfill a purpose. So God brings people to the church so that they can help, so that the body would be able to function better. Just like my marriage to my wife, God brought her into my life so that our marriage would function, that my life would be enhanced as a result of that. So, so notice here that you, know, you think about how God's adding to the body and it says here that God set every member the members, every one of them in the body as it hath pleased him. He says, we are, ye are the body of Christ and members in particular. So when we look at this, you know, look, look at my body for a second. I have hands, I have feet, 
You know, I have eyes. And that's the way I look at the body, is each one doing their part. Just like in a marriage, husband does his part, the wife does her part. Same is true in the body, is every piece is important. You know why? Because every piece serves its function. Yesterday I was doing some work over at the house, and as I was doing some work over at the house, I had a, um, I ha- I've been, I've been uh, redoing some pavers in my, um, around my pool in the back. And I, I had my hand, I was wearing some pretty thick gloves, and I had my hand around a paver, and I've been, I've been using a two-and-a-half-pound two rubber mallet. Now, you would think two-and-a-half pounds, what's that? Rubber mallet, that's not a normal hammer. But when you put a two-and-a-half-pound rubber mallet with a full swing, and it comes down on your thumb that's on a stone paver, I was outside doing a whole lot of hallelujahs and praise Jesus this last night, right on the tip of that thumb. I mean, I was like, oh, you know. And, and, and so when I, when, I, when I think of that, how every part of the body is so important, there's a function. Well, listen, I'm going to tell you, that thumb today is very sore. And every time I go to, you know, isn't it funny when you, something like that happens, you bump it all the time, you hit it all the time, but you don't realize, I don't realize how much that thumb does but it serves a function in my body. And it's important that we all understand how important every part of our body or the church, every part of the the church is important. There's no part of the body, there is no one here that is unimportant to God. Every member counts. That's why when people come through the doors, we we have four people today that are gonna get baptized, four people. We have another lady that's going to join the church. I'm praying they're all here, and I'm praying they're all ready for baptism. I know three of them are here already. But here's the thing is that's, you know what that is? That's God adding to the body. You know, I can talk to people till I'm blue in the face, but it's up to God to stir their hearts to say, I want to be a part of this body of believers. We call it Bible Baptist Church. And so every member of the body is so very important, and we need one another. You know, look here, watch this. I'm the pastor. I need you. I know you don't think of it that way. Yesterday, we got ready to go out into our community with our invitations to Community Sunday. And so I went out. I had Brother Kenny buy three dozen donuts. I bought a bunch of fruit, some yogurt, some juice. I made coffee, and I set it out. And Brother Kenny kind of looked at me, and I said, I have no idea how many people are going to show up. And we had almost 40 people show up. Now, here's the thing is, I couldn't, on my own, pass out almost 1,600 invitations yesterday, but 35 to 40 people did. See, I need you. You need me. We need each other. You know why? Because God's created us that way. We are dependent upon each other. Yes, we are ultimately dependent on God, but we are dependent on each other just like we're dependent on our husband and our wife. And it's important we see this. Look at it. Jesus had a great conversation with this with the woman at the well. I know you're familiar with it, but it's it kind of gives us an idea here. I want to share with you four rules that that I, I see when it comes to healthy dependency. All right, look at our, our number one. Our primary dependence must be upon God. Now the Bible says here in John four, there came a woman of Samaria to draw water. Jesus said to her, "Give me to drink." For the disciples were gone away into the city to buy meat. Then saith the woman of Samaria unto him, 
How is it then that thou, being a Jew, askest drink of me, which am a woman of Samaria? For the Jews have no dealings with the Samaritans. Jesus answered and said unto her, If thou knewest the gift of God, and who it is that saith to thee, Give me to drink, thou wouldest have asked of him, and he would have given thee living water. Now notice, he says to her, Thou wouldest have asked of him. Now, do you get do you get the picture here? This woman, remember the Bible says she had had five husbands, and she was living with a man. You think her life was a good life? I'd say there was a lot going on in this woman's life. And so she came to this well, maybe every day. And we've talked about this, how she came at a time when it was probably the hottest part of the day. Why would she do that? Well, because most people weren't at the well at that time of the day. She didn't want to have conversations. And then she comes to the well like she normally does, and there's Jesus. Now, remember where his disciples were? Anybody remember? They went in town to get food. So Jesus goes on a soul winning call. He sits down on the well. And so here comes the woman. And the woman says to him, I'll paraphrase, you're, you're a Jew. I'm a Samaritan. Jews don't have anything to do with Samaritans. Why are you even carrying on this conversation? And Jesus says, watch this, I'm paraphrasing. You need me. You need what I have. Well, what did Jesus have to give her? Eternal life, right? He says, you, this is the most, in, by the way, I, I, I hope and pray, I think everybody here this morning is saved, but that's the most important decision you can ever make in your life because watch this, without salvation, we wouldn't have a home in heaven. That's the hope we have. So Jesus, look at this, as he's telling her, you are dependent upon me. And then he clarifies this. Look at these verses, verse 13 and 14. Jesus answers and he says, after she says, I don't even understand why you're talking with me. He says, whosoever drinketh of this water shall thirst again, but whosoever drinketh of the water that I shall give him shall never thirst, but the water that I shall give him shall be a well of water springing up into everlasting life. Now, you know what I love about our Savior? He wasn't there to judge her. Jesus did not come to that well to make her feel worse. Now, he did confront her about the life that she was living. And as I look at this passage, Jesus was there by divine appointment. He was there because she was broken. She had been disappointed with life. And, and look at this. It, we are never in our lives. There's never going to be healing. There's never going to be a cure for our lives without God. We are totally dependent on God. Here's a couple examples. If, if you are expecting that your spouse is going to help you in life, if you're looking to your spouse for fulfillment, that's going to spell failure. Because although we are dependent on our spouse, number one is we're dependent upon God. If you think some job, some career is going to fulfill your life, you're going to be disappointed. Because I'm going to tell you, jobs come and go, but the Lord is constant. He changes not. We have to see how dependent we are on God. He's designed us that way. And when Jesus talked to this woman at the well, he says, look, you've had five marriages. How, how has that gone? You know, how, how, how are things at, at your home? I mean, the Bible doesn't tell us. 
maybe, watch this, and this is, this is the generation that we're living in. Maybe she had a child or a couple children by every one of those men. Now she's got a, a, a totally mixed home of children by different men. You know, this is the world we live in today. You know, I, I've got a relative that has numerous children by different men. And, and, it, and it creates challenges. And Jesus says, look, he says, your life is not going very well. You know why? Because you've been looking to yourself to get through life. Here you are at the well. You're, you are getting water. How long do you think that water was going to last her? Was it going to bring lasting fulfillment? You know, I drink probably six to eight or more of these a day. And guess what? I'm still thirsty. But when, when, I, when I met the Lord, that thirst that I had in my life, it was quenched. I've never thirsted spiritually again. Basically saying, she's she, like many today, she's living with a man, but she did not get married to him. And, and we live in a world today, like when we were in California for many years, the, they have common law marriage. So if you're together with somebody for so many years, the state looks at it as a legal marriage. Now, what's sad is many people did not want to get married because if they got married, it changed their tax status. And that's, which to me is not a good reason either. You know, and, and you know, I've had people uh, recently, I led, I led a man to the Lord. She was saved. And when I started talking to them, they were not, they're not married. And I've had this happen on a couple occasions. And so I, as difficult as it was, I had to talk to them about the fact that, and I asked them, I said, so let me ask you this, according to the Bible, if you are not married and you're living together, how do you think God views that? And she looked at me and kind of bowed her head and she says, he's not pleased with it. it you know, it's sin. And so I told him, I said, look, I'm glad that you're both saved. But the reality is until you get married, the right thing to do would be for one of you to move out until you actually were married. And, of course, I've told him, I said, look, you don't need a fancy dress. You don't need a big diamond ring. I said, you can get married right here and right now, you know. And, and so the, the, the reality is, is that in each situation, she had had five husbands. And, you know, I don't know, maybe she wasn't the sharpest knife in the drawer. It took her five times to realize, you know, maybe I'm better off without men. <laughs> You know, but, but here's the thing is, I don't know if you've noticed, are we not living in a day where pe people have a lack of commitment? Because when you stand at an altar, you say, for better, for worse, for richer, for poorer, till death do us part. See, people throw around the divorce word, you know, this isn't working out. I hear it all the time. He's changed. He's not like he used to be. Well, let me ask you, sister, have you changed? Are you the same that you used to be? We all change, right? But see, that's why we need God in our lives, because God changes everything. He's the one that helps us to understand we are dependent on him. So our primary dependency is on the Lord. But notice number two here, a second 
uh, rule for healthy dependency. By the way, I love that verse, seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. You know, you want your marriage to be right? Start with God first. That's your primary, primary dependency. Notice number two, our secondary dependence is upon equal or greater relationships. Now this, w- this would be after God. This would be your spouse, your family, your children, maybe co-workers. Um, there is a level of dependence that we have with these people. You know, you, you learn to depend on each other. Uh, I just brought up this verse here, Genesis 2.24. Look at this. Therefore shall a man leave his father and mother and shall cleave unto his wife and they shall be one flesh. So the word there, cleave, here's how somebody put it. I love this little, he says, it's when you can't tell where one ends and the other one begins. There's so much one, you know, have you been married long enough yet to where you start to say something and your spouse finishes it? That's happened to me and my wife many times. And and when it happens, I'm like, that's scary because she's starting to think like I am or I'm starting to think like she is. You know, when, when, when we met, I did not know what the word S-A-L-E meant. You all know how to spell? Some of you are looking like, what did you just spell? Okay, in other words, when I, when I saw something that, that, that I, in a store, I just bought it. It didn't matter what it was, didn't matter what the price was. My wife's like, when we go into a store, I'm guilty of this now. My wife walks into any clothing store and she'll look at a few things, but basically she's on a mission to go to the back of the store where the sale racks are. And that's where most of my wife's clothes come from is sale racks. And so I do the same thing. I, wa- I walk into uh, you know, some sports store, Under Armour. I'll go into an Under Armour and I'll go straight to the, cause I can't afford anything that's not on the sale rack. And most of the time I can't afford what's on the sale rack. But see, here's the thing is we are dependent on each other. There's a, a relationship there where you're dependent even on, even on your children, your coworkers. And look, it requires effort in these relationships. But can I tell you that even though it requires effort, it's worth it. It's worth it when, when we understand that we should depend on the support of one another. Hey, listen, that goes along with having the right kind of friends. The kind of friends that we should have are godly friends. Uh, this verse is one that always rings in my ear. 1 Corinthians 15, 33, Be not deceived. Evil communications do what? They corrupt good manners. Now here's what happens is, we think, well, you know, I know how they are. I know how they can be. I know that their mouth sounds like they're in the gutter. But you know what? I can probably help them. You know what I find nine times out of ten, if not more, is instead of you helping them, they pull you down. You know, so so here's the thing is, is if we're going to depend on one another, you want to have the right kind of people in your life that you can depend on. People that are godly people. It's important that we see this is this matter of dependency. The best place to develop godly relationships is in the church. You know, now, is everybody perfect? No. Do we have problems? Sure. But at least you know that the friends you have here, and I love to see the camaraderie. I love the spirit of our church. But most of, look, this is my family, this church is. My friends are the people in this church. Look, 
Although, I, look, I don't hate the world. I want to reach the world. But understand that right now, the world is not my friend. The world doesn't love Christians. Have you noticed that? And, and that's why, to me, a church is a haven. It's a place where we can come, we can get around the right people, we can depend on each other. And, and, and when you think about this, look, you know, here's a question. Who did you spend time with in the last six days that made you a better person? If you, if you, outside of God, I'm talking about your secondary relationships. You see, you ought to be able to think about a brother or sister in Christ or some, you know, your spouse. You know, I think about my wife. My wife's my best friend. You know, I've got a lot of friends, but my wife's my best friend. You know, and, and, and so we see here this secondary dependent. Look, at it's on equal or greater relationships. Look at the third rule here for healthy dependency. Dependency must not diminish or usurp personal responsibility. In other words, take the place of personal responsibility. You know, God created us with a free will, did he not? God's given us a free will to do what we want to do. God's given us a conscience, a free will. But understand, listen to this, God's going to hold you responsible for the decisions you make. You know, every one of us need to understand that one day we will all stand before the Lord. Now, some of us, especially us, us husbands, we will stand before the Lord and give a greater accountability than our wives because of how God has placed us in the home. You see, we're all going to be responsible, held responsible. And it, look, it's, it's not others' fault. Don't blame somebody else. At the end of the day, it's me. I'm the one that made those decisions. So notice here the third rule is dependency must not diminish or usurp personal responsibility. And number four, look at the fourth rule. Dependency must not interfere with a greater dependence. See, if you're a parent, if you have children, God has given you those children for one purpose, and that is to raise or to teach and train them for the Lord. And, and it would be wrong for any of us as parents to stand in the way of God's will for their life. Let God have his way in their lives. It, look, many times, because parents, they don't want to let their children go. They're, they want to kind of hem their children in. Understand that God has given us those children. Don't hold them back from doing what God wants them to do. Be careful that our dependency doesn't interfere with a greater dependence that God has intended. If God wants something for your child and you've prayed about it and you, you have peace that this is God's will for your child, then do not stand in the way and say, well, I don't want, you know, you always hear about uh, parents who say that their child wants to, to go to the mission field. And, and, you know, the child wants to, every time we think mission field, we think the deepest, darkest Africa. Spiders the big as, big as a, you know, whatever and all that. But, you know, God's will can be right here in the United States somewhere. And so here's the thoughts this morning is we have to be dependent on the Lord. Are you living in unity with your spouse? Because we, God has designed us to depend upon each other. Are we working together as a team? Hopefully you are. Understanding that he has his part, she has her part. God's given us special gifts and abilities. Each one working together as a team are you working together as the body of Christ? You know, look, it takes every one of us in the body. 
to function the way God has intended? And do you have the right kind of friendships? You know, when I think about this lesson, this lesson will change your marriage. When you understand God has created us to be totally dependent on him and on each other. And as we do that, then guess what? We'll have a church that is pleasing to the Lord. Anybody have a thought or a comment this morning? Great to have you folks. Where are you from? New Brunswick in Canada. Awesome. Amen. Are you guys on, on vacation? Now, is that Fahrenheit or Celsius? The ice freezes. <laughs> Where are you all staying? Oh, awesome. Oh, okay. <laughs> Amen. Oh, okay. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. And it's a little church on the hill. Yeah. And uh, it is exactly that. Amen. Now tell us your all's names. My name is Braden, and this is my wife, Tina. Tina and Braden. Braden, good to have you folks. All right. After we're dismissed here, there's some refreshments and some out on the table. Help yourself some coffee and whatever. Yeah, amen. All right, let's, let's pray. Lord, thank you for this opportunity to study your word this morning. I pray that you bless each. Uh, family represented in our class be with joe and melissa and her passing of her father and thank you again for this day look forward to this morning worship hour in christ's name amen all right folks go over and meet this couple if you want restaurant impossible that sounds right that sounds right that's i i don't know if i ever ever watched the whole show but miguel if you want you could you're going to take that Greg, you want to help him move that stuff out there?